chapter 4, verse 31. And we'll read through verse 33. I don't know how long I'll be here tonight. Amen. Pastor says, take my time, so. Oh, till I'm done. That's what I'm, I should get, go to Costco. <laughs> Give me a hearing aid. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord tonight. It just feels good in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that we had church, man. We're getting, we're getting there. Amen. There's something changing. Amen. There's something different about it when we come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad you are a part of the truth church? Well, I am. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if it's too loud. If you're it's too loud, you just turn around and look at Brother Jerome in a mean way and he'll get the hint and he can fix it, do what he's got to do. If he can't, Brother Josh can help. <laughs> and uh, John chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, and then is our text tonight, probably a familiar passage of scripture to most of us. John chapter 4, verse 31 reads like this, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Did anybody bring him something? Somebody slipped past us? Jesus is already full. He filled up on something else. Jesus is already full. Amen. How many times have you come to mama's dinner table, and she's been slaving away all afternoon, she drives the bus in the morning, afternoon, evening, okay, this isn't your mom, I'm just obviously making this personal, and uh, uh, you show up at home, and uh, she takes the few hours that she has between end of work, off the bus, and about 6.30, and provides dinner for you, but you've already had too many honey buns, or cookies. That's also her fault because she's the one that gives me the cookies, so. Amen. Amen. Jesus was already full when they brought him the food. Amen. Why don't we pray over this, uh, the remaining part of this service. Amen. Ask the Lord to help us open our hearts, open our minds. Amen. To receive from him what he would have for us tonight. Jesus, we need your grace tonight. Lord, I need your grace. I need your anointing on my lips and on my heart. God, I want to tune in to where you are, what you're doing. Pray that you give grace to the hearers of the word of God. Speak to us tonight, Jesus. I want to draw nearer to you, God. I want to please you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you're happy and you know it, you can have a seat. Amen. Good thing everybody's happy tonight. And Jaheem's getting there. He's almost happy. He's, he's making his way to his happy seat. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I feel like the Lord put this message on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just something that I wanted to share with the church. Amen. Something the Lord was dealing with me about. And, um, and hopefully you can be blessed by what the Lord has placed on my heart tonight. Amen, and I uh, can help somebody. Amen. Jesus, amen, asked 
the disciples to go in to Sychar. Is that the name of the place? Let me go down there and make sure. I don't want to say this wrong city. Yeah, Sychar, that was right. Good. Um, and uh, asked the disciples to go get some meat and asked them to go prepare I mean, lunch for him so that they could, so that they could dine. They were, they were going through Samaria. They were on a long journey. Amen. They were making their way, and so they got hungry. They stopped by Sychar, and Jesus asked the disciples to go grab something to eat. Amen. But as we just read in our text, when the disciples returned amen, from the city, amen, Jesus told them, I already ate. I already had it, and they, it confused them. I mean, it's obvious, amen, that there is some other kind of meat that Jesus was hungry for that day. Amen. And on the surface, it seemed like he may have been asking the disciples to go grab some meat from the deli or some bread, amen, from the pantry. But, but Jesus was indicating something different, I think. Amen. That he expected his disciples not to bring back, amen, meat for him to digest in his natural, amen, digestive system, but he expected his disciples to bring something more from the city of Samaria. Amen. Amen. Maybe you have heard a variation of the old proverb or saying that uh, eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince or a merchant, and dinner like a pauper. Uh, what it means is basically make sure that you eat most of your food up front in the first part of the day as early as you can because that's when your body's the most starved and it's hungry and it's ready to digest food. And then, and then moving on to lunch, you can uh, reduce the portions. And then in the evening, amen, you just eat like a pauper. That's what saying is referring to. Just, just eat the most of your food in the morning. Amen. that's a healthier way of... Uh, providing for yourself. And um, I want to focus on the first part where it says eating breakfast like a king. Amen. And, um, and we've also probably heard the statement that, you know, that guy over there is dining like a king. What is it talking about? It's talking about the person, amen, that has more than enough. Amen. He's got options. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got a sufficient supply, a plenteous supply of nutrition and uh, multiple a variety of items that he could consume, amen, at his whim, amen. If his hand, amen, went to the bread, he could grab that. If he wanted a, a slice of steak or whatever, if, if whatever he wanted, amen, he could, he could just reach out and grab it. That is dining like a king, amen. And, uh, and, I, and so no doubt we, we understand that these sayings come from the concept that, you know, kings, of course, amen, have plenty to eat. Man, you wouldn't be a very good king if you didn't have enough to eat. And, uh, and uh, kings have each of their meals served to them, not only to meet their needs, but also to cater to their natural desire, the things that, that they crave, the things that they want. I mean, it's more than just enough. The king's meat is, is above and beyond. It's more than enough. It's more than just nutrition, Sister Regan, but it's, it's tasteful. It's it's it's. It tastes good. Amen. That's the king's meat. Tonight I want to preach on that subject, the king's meat. Amen. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Amen. It tells us of a story. Amen. At verse 3, I'll just read it. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the, the master of the eunuchs, that 
he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king had, had a, a motive, had a desire to have certain children of Israel that were smart and had the intellect, had the ability to come on into the king's palace. And he's looking for advisors, looking for wise men to give him direction on how he should manage the kingdom. Amen. And verse 5, the Bible tells us that the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. He appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of, of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, the Bible tells us that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Daniel made up his mind that day. I mean, I, I don't want to uh, confuse you. Amen. Just, just bear with me just for a moment. That, that this natural king, King Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, had a, a nice kingdom and uh, certainly probably had enough. Amen. Whatever he wanted, whatever he desired, I mean, he could just reach out and grab it, and that was his. And so he made this available to the individuals that were potential advisors to the king. And so invited them, amen, to dine, amen, with, uh, maybe not with him, but with the same portions that he had access to. The king of, of Babylon provided to his advisors or the, those that he was preparing, amen, so that they, that they wouldn't be malnourished, but they would have enough food, amen, to provide and have enough uh, nutrition, amen, to provide wise counsel at the end of three years that they would be ushered into the king's palace and, and serve, amen, the way that the king expected them to. But Daniel, I mean, among these, among these men that were, that were advisors and smart guys and intellects and intellectuals and, and people that, 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 were, uh, that were good, uh, the, and the king was interested in having them in his kingdom and in his palace, amen, David said, or Daniel said, I, I don't need, I don't need what the king, King Nebuchadnezzar has to offer me. I don't need that. I don't need, in fact, in fact, uh, go ahead and give me some pulse and water. I'll take, uh, that's all I'll take. And, um, and you just watch, we read this in just a second, but give us 10 days and, uh, and we will be fairer. We will have uh, better countenance than the rest of these. I know this is a three-year program, and, and so for the next three years, we want uh, to, the, the king wants us to eat of his portions and, and what he has to offer. But, but just, just, bear, just, just, just give me pulse and water. I've already got, amen, something that I need. Got everything that I need. I've already got everything that I desire. Daniel, why don't you sit down and have a bite with the rest of us? 
This is the best you're going to get in Babylon. And Daniel, amen, may have been thinking, you don't, you don't know, amen, what it tastes like to dine at the table of the king of kings. I'm not interested in just, amen, a good portion, amen, on, amen, a real table and on a, a plate of the finest china. I'm not interested in, in, in all of the niceties and everything that King Nebuchadnezzar has to offer. I've already got a steady diet. Amen. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 tells us that now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed and he went into his house and in his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four times. This was his steady diet day in and day out, three times a day, early in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Daniel was already satisfied. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar, amen, you've got some nice dinnerware there. You've got, got the best in the country, and I appreciate the gesture, but I don't need it. I'm not interested in aligning myself with, with what you've got to offer. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not neglecting or, or re, rejecting the offer here. I'm not rejecting the offer to serve in the kingdom. But what I am rejecting is your plan, amen, to, to, uh, to, to feed, amen. It, it, I'm rejecting your plan, amen, to give me what I need. I've already dined at a king's table. I've already eaten, amen, at the king of kings' table. I, I'm not interested, amen, in just another king. Not interested. That's, that's the way the devil likes to operate, and not just the devil, but our friends and, or, or, or uh, people that we work with. Hey, doesn't this look nice? Doesn't this look great? And doesn't, doesn't this taste good? Amen, you ought to try it. You ought to look at this and see how it tastes and how it feels and all these things. And they lay it out before you and let you see what it's like. Hallelujah. And in comparison, maybe you feel like all you have, amen, to eat is pulse and water. Maybe all you feel uh, like your, your diet is is nothing more than pulse and water, just a, just a little bit of bread and just a little bit of water. And uh, when you bring... That out at the at the uh, the break room at work, everybody's looking at you like, "What in the world? What are you eating?" I've I worked in an office a few years, and and uh, we'd go into the lunch room, and and I mean, you wouldn't you couldn't miss it if somebody had brought fish, threw it in the microwave, and put it in for ten seconds. It stank the entire break room up. And it's just like that. It's like the guy that brought fish to work and warmed it up in the microwave. Like, Daniel, what are you doing? You're the weird one. What are you eating? Don't you want some sauce to dip that in? Or No, no, I just want the protein. I just want, I just want what I need. Amen. Amen. For Daniel chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 15 Bible tells us, and I mentioned I'd read this, so I want to go ahead and read it, verse 15, and at the end of 10 days, their countenance, talking about Daniel and, and the rest of them that, that did this uh, diet of pulse and water, appeared 
their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. I mean, how is that possible? How is that possible? Why? Why did why did why is the story even in the Bible? Why is why is the Lord trying to tell us, okay, I want everybody in the Apostolic Church of New Testament go on pulse in water. No, that's that's I don't think that's what he was saying. I mean, Pastor, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's what he was saying. Good. <laughs> he said he don't think so. Okay. But if, if, if that's not what he's saying, then why? I believe there's a strong uh, parallel here, amen, to what the story that we just read as our text, amen, that Jesus mentioned, I've already got something to eat. I already have, have dieted on, I've already dined, I've already eaten. I'm not talking about things in the, the natural realm. I'm not talking about things... Amen, and just that you can add a little salt and pepper to and make it taste a little better. But I'm talking about something in the spiritual realm. Amen, and, and, and hopefully we can I mean, get to where we're going tonight. Amen, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. What is the king's meat? Amen. I'm, I, I just, you know, drew the parallel between us, amen, going out and, and, and the, the world offering to us Amen. At their tables, amen. All these wonderful goodies and, and sweets and nice things, and, and they lay it out before for us. It's it's a feast, and uh, and we have the opportunity to digest it. Amen. But but if in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus kind of reveals to us, amen, what their diet produces. It shows us what he what going on a diet of just of just good tasting things, not just things for. Uh, for nutrition, nutritional value, but but once you start, you know, eating the honey buns and the and the things that taste good, and you're just enjoying it because of the taste. I mean, you start not desiring the the other. There, that fills up the the void. I mean, even in the natural realm, right? We we know that it's a constant life struggle for for many. I mean, maybe all. I mean, that that we're just struggling with candy, and, and well, at least that's my problem. And and uh, my teeth have fallen out of my head, and I'm still eating uh, Mike and Ike's. Thank you, Sister Regan, for the Mike and Ike's, by the way. Uh, but, but um, I, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it, but many times I can, I can take down a, a box of Mike and Ike's, and then about 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, and I really should have gone to Joe's Kansas City at least. I mean, I should have gotten something, something of sustenance. Amen. But I could go until about 9 p.m. on a box of Mike and Ike's. And that's not nutritious. That's not, doesn't help. I mean, even in the natural world. Amen. But, but let's, let's look at this passage of Scripture. Um, that there are multitudes, amen, in this world. There are, there are people, amen, in this world. And they, they're eating. They're, they're taking it in. They're, they're digesting. They're, they're swallowing it up. Amen. Everything the world has to offer. And, uh, and they think they're fine. They think everything's all right, but listen to what Jesus says about him. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. To me, that sounds like revival. That sounds like a great 
outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Jesus walking around, uh, amen, when the body of Christ operates uh, the way that God intends it to do, uh, I mean, you can read on that there would be a multitude, at, there, there was a multitude that was attracted to what Jesus was, was doing, amen, as long as the body of Christ operates the way, amen, that God intends it to do, amen, we'll have revival, amen, we'll see, amen, the multitudes uh, that are in need, the ones that are hungry, amen, they will come, and verse 36, amen, tells us that, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The ones that, that are just out there taking whatever comes. Amen. Every opportunity, amen, that life deals them, they gobble it up. Not interested in eating, amen, the real king's meat. They're just whatever king, amen, comes along and offers them, amen, a feast. Amen. They don't realize it's really just another famine. They don't understand that it's not really satisfying the need. Amen. Amen. Jesus re realized this. He identified, he looked at them and saw that they were all fainting. Malnourished. They didn't have what they needed. They were hungry. They didn't even realize it, but they were hungry. They were thirsty. They were desiring something real, something sustaining, something, I mean, that would give them life. Something that would produce something more in them. It would help them go forth and produce fruit. Amen. They fainted, were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Amen. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Why? Why does he want to send laborers into the harvest? Because he was moved with compassion. Amen. On those, amen, who were fainting. Amen. They were just trying to make it by. They were just trying to live life. And they were fainting. Amen. Scattered abroad. Amen. Lost. Hallelujah. Amen. As amen, sheep having no shepherd. Amen. Hallelujah. As I imagine the scene in my mind that Jesus standing up, amen, from healing one of those uh, hungry people or, or, or touching one of those that were in need or delivering someone, amen, wiping the sweat from his eyes, amen. And he looks afar and sees the multitude more and just realizes that it's, it's a lot of work. I'm all, I, I, come on, guys, we need, we need some help. Disciples, look at this. You see? You see the harvest. Amen. Look ahead. He looked ahead and saw the multitude. Not just of people, but these were people who were fainting. Amen. He turned to the disciples and said, pray that God will send laborers. The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Amen. There's plenty of meat out there. Amen. There's plenty of, I mean, this is, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but, there's plenty of fruit out there. Just go out there and get it and bring it to the king. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 8. Bible tells us that herein is my father glorified. 
that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. This is what I want of my disciples, Jesus said. And this is how we're going to give God glory, is if we bear much fruit. Those of us who have already been brought in, amen, from the harvest field, amen, have been filled, amen, with the king's meat, have already been dining at the king's table. It's our job, amen, to go back out and grab some more fruit for the king. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's our job, amen, not to stay at the king's table, amen, and enjoy the luxuries, amen, of the king of kings and the Lord of lords, amen, and enjoy, amen, the powerful moves of the Holy Ghost as we have this evening. I thank God. I, th- I cannot express, amen, enough, amen, how much I thank God, amen, for the power of the Holy Ghost that we have felt in this place I mean, this is what I have been praying for, Brother Nick. That's what I've been looking for. I mean, this is what I'm hungry for. This is what you're hungry for. I mean, I can see it. I mean, I can feel it. I mean, I know it. I mean, that this is not just one or two of us, but we're thirsting for some living water. A fresh slice, amen, of that bread of life. King's meat. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But it's not, there's more than enough for you and for me. There's more than enough. Amen. In the, in the refrigerator and in the storage coolers and, and in the back. Amen. We've got so much here. So much. Amen. We ought to go out there and bring somebody else in. Amen. That's already fainting. Amen. Bring them out of the ditches. Bring them out of the side of the roads. Let's compel them. Amen. To come. Amen. To the house of the Lord. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 indicates to us. Amen. That from the very beginning. From the very beginning. God is expected. Amen. Of us. Amen. In the kingdom of God. To produce fruit. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11. And God said let the earth bring forth grass and herb and herb yielding seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good I mean I want the tree I mean to produce of its own self I want it to take of itself I mean and produce more I mean I want that to take of itself and produce more. only God can do This is not something, amen, that can be done, amen, through logic or some kind of calculating or some algorithm, amen, but this is something, it's a miracle, amen, when God pulls you in off the street, Andrew, amen, brings you all the way down, amen, from Chicago, amen, and fills you with the Holy Ghost and puts his spirit in you, amen, what he's looking for, amen, is for you to go find somebody else. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say, look what the Lord has done for me. Look where he brought me from. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis 1, 21 through 22. Amen. Again, tells us God created great wells. Every living creature that moveth with the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. Every winged fowl after his kind. God saw that it was good and God blessed them. Amen. Saying, be fruitful, multiply. Fill the waters and the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Verse 24, God said, let the earth bring forth fruit, uh, bring forth the living creature after his kind. Cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God, God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind. And everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, God saw that it was good. 
this is going to work. I mean, God put this together. It's not going to fall apart. I mean, this is good. I mean, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us, I mean, the grand finale, make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over, every, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In doing so, in creating us in his image, I mean, he was telling us, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go find somebody and produce after him and his kind. I mean, verse, uh, created he him, male and female, created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, to make full. That word replenish means to make full or to fill the earth. I mean, if there's any room left, look around. If there's any room left, and we haven't replenished until we filled it. We have not replenished until we've filled, amen, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. This is God's expectation of those, amen, that he created. Genesis 9 and 1, we see the same exact thing. He told Noah and his sons the minute they stepped off the ark, rules haven't changed, guys. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. I want you to fill this thing. Amen. Bear much fruit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I, I, we, we're, we are so blessed, amen, to be living in this generation that we're living in right now. Amen. That we, the opportunities that we have for revival. I'm not just talking about in the natural sense. I'm talking about uh, in, the, in, in the kingdom of God. We have such an opportunity, amen, to see souls saved right now in our schools, in the hearts of young people, amen, all across this nation, in, in colleges and universities, all across this nation. Young people are hungry for truth. Amen. It's, it's something, amen, that hasn't, that is seizing our nation. By, by, by droves. It's, th- these people are realizing that this is wrong. What, what has been uh, in place for years and, 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 and decades now, from my understanding, from the, from the time that I was born, I, I've misunderstood for a long time. What I'm, I, I'm on the search for something real, for something true. I mean, that's, that's the hunger. Amen. Bishop Johnson, amen, a couple years ago at Admit, Amen. Confirmed what, amen, I, I just said just now. Amen. He talked about, amen, how he's witnessed, amen, even in charismatic movements and, and all across this nation in various forms. Amen. They, they're innocent. They don't understand really what they're hungry for. They don't even understand what they're looking for. Amen. But what they are looking for is what we've got, and that is the king's meat. I mean, this is what will fill them. This is what will feed them. This is what will satisfy, amen, their hunger and their desire. It's not just another, another evening at, amen, a king's table. It's not just another, another dinner, amen, dining and whining, whining and dining, amen. Dining and whining, I don't, whichever way you want to say it. Yes, yes, sir, amen. And, and uh, 
We, 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 we've got to show them the way from where they're at, from, from the tables that they dine at, I mean, to where I mean, the king's feast is, where the king's meat is. Hallelujah. I mean, our generation, young people, I'm talking to you, Sister Larissa, Sister Jasmine, Brother Andrew, Brother Jaheen, Brother Jerome, Brother Josh, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Jared, Brother, uh, Sister Victoria, Sister Rebecca, Sister Desiree, Sister Alora, Sister Larissa, Sister Bonnie, Sister, uh, Sister, uh, Sister uh, Chloe. There we go. I was getting there. Brother, uh, Brother Carlos. I'm talking to everybody. With emphasis on young people. Hey, Brother Nelson, Sister Nelson, Sister Anna, Brother Dell, Dominic. Hey, this is for all of us, and it's for all of them. I mean, our generation has inherited a kingdom, I mean, it's already functioning. I mean, the king of kings, I mean, has done it right. It's good. We don't have to worry about it all falling apart. I mean, we don't have to worry about reinventing the wheel, as it were. We're, we're a part of something so much greater than ourselves. I mean, this kingdom, I mean, it was not built yesterday. It was something, I mean, that was built when Jesus said, Upon this rock, Brother Josh, I will build my church. I mean, we're a part of something, I mean, that is incorruptible. Did you hear me? I said it's incorruptible. It's built on an incorruptible foundation. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not going to change it. Amen. With our ideas. We're not going to change it. Amen. With a good idea or, a, or even a bad idea. Amen. This is what God wants to happen. Amen. What we need to do, amen, is just get in lockstep with him. Amen. And say, God, where do you want me? Amen. In the kingdom. Amen. Where do you want me in the harvest? Amen. I, I want to bring, amen, some fruit in for the king. I want to go and gather some of the king's meat. Amen. Amen. After Abraham died, I, I don't want to take too long here. Oh, I got plenty of time. After Abraham died, amen, there was a famine in the land of Canaan where Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob lived. Genesis chapter 26. Verse 1 says, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. The Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. That sounds kind of familiar. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Oh, that's where I heard it. This has already been, this promise has already been made. Verse 4, And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and to thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Now Isaac goes into I mean, this area, Gerar, but this wasn't the first time that Isaac was in Gerar. He was in there, he was there before. Genesis chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible says Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sh sojourned 
in Gerar. And it was here that God made the same promise that he made to Isaac. Something special about this place. Something special about this valley of Gerar. This is a special place that God met with Abraham. And then when Isaac was born into the family, amen, that God made with Isaac. Amen. We read, amen, in the story that uh, it was some time, amen, but the Philistines in 26 of Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 26, verse 18, that the Philistines stopped up, amen, the, that some of the wells that were there in the valley of Gerar. Verse 19, the Bible says, Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. Now, if I had read that, just that verse out of context, amen, hadn't told you, amen, that, that there was a verse right before it that said Isaac, Isaac digged again the wells of his father. I mean, I, I could have given Isaac some, some uh, you know, kudos or, you know, wonderful. I mean, wow, it's amazing that Isaac found, amen, a springing well of water. Incredible. I mean, that's awesome. When you're dealing with herds and cattle and, and sheep and all this stuff, water's a pretty important thing. When you're trying to build a household, water's pretty important. Amen. So uh, I would, I, we could you know, talk about how great it was that Isaac found him in this springing well of water. But the only problem is that Isaac didn't find it. Abraham had already found it. There was already a well that was dug, and all Isaac did was come right back and open it back up. Amen. Isaac was born, amen, into a family. Amen. They knew and understood, amen, how, amen, to operate. They understood, amen, how to take care of their sheep. Amen. They understood how, amen, to make money and to do well. Abraham was a wealthy man. Amen. The Bible tells us that, that Abraham was a wealthy man. He had many, many servants, amen, strong servants that could defend, amen, the house of Abraham. And, and then Isaac was born into all this and took notice. Recognize, hey, this is how daddy does things. Amen. The Bible. I'm going to skip that section. I want you to notice verse 24. The Lord appeared unto him the same night. and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And verse 25 says, he builded an altar there. And called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And, Isaac, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. And there's something about this. And, and maybe I'm not conveying it well enough. Maybe it's just because of uh, feeling a little uh, under the weather. But it, I, I want to make sure that you guys understand, amen, what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate here tonight. That Isaac amen, didn't just dig this well. He didn't just come up with this idea. But Abraham had already been there. And Abraham had already been in the valley of Gerar and, and supplied for his, for his sheep and his family and everybody, amen, that was dependent on Abraham. And all Isaac was doing was just redoing the same thing that his father had done. Now, it wasn't just Isaac. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 9, verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved. But Esau have I hated. Why did 
Why did God love Jacob and hate Esau? I know that we're covering a lot of ground here, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to drive a point home. Amen. Malachi chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. Verse 3, I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are, we are impoverished, we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. They shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. That's, I don't, what in the world caused God to hate Esau so much? Why did God, amen, throw down the cities of Esau, of Edom? I mean, why did God overthrow, amen, his mountains and his heritage, the promise, I mean, the thing that he received, amen, from his, from his father, amen, in the end, the blessings that he did end up receiving. Why? I mean, I think the insight is in verse 3 that he hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste. That it wasn't that Esau didn't value enough the things that he had received from daddy. Isaac received from Abraham some great and wonderful things and understood how the, the family business operated and, and didn't, didn't misstep, but he just went right in lockstep with daddy and started learning how to dig wells and doing the right things. Amen. And then Jacob started noticing something. Amen. We've got a good operation going here. I like what dad's doing. I'm interested in carrying on. Amen. The family business. Amen. Esau, why don't you give me, amen, your birthright? Esau. Why don't you, I don't know why. What, what gave Jacob the idea that he could get what Esau was born to have? But somehow, I mean, he, it was indicated to Jacob that, that Esau wasn't interested in the family business. And so we know the story, Genesis 25, I mean, that Jacob sawed pottage. Esau came in from the field after hunting. I mean, he gave away his birthright. birthright. The Bible says in verse 34 that Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He wasn't interested in what daddy had to offer. Hear me, somebody. He wasn't interested. I, I, I know it's kind of slow, amen, but I want to make sure that this is a clear point. Amen, us young people, Jared Hilton, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about uh, my friends. I'm talking about each and every one of us that we need uh, amen, to ensure that we're not just walking into church, amen, and, and enjoying the luxuries of the king's meat and the king's table, amen, the family business and, and getting the kickbacks from, from daddy and, and our uncles and, our, and all this stuff, but, but we're... Taking note of what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want, amen, I don't want to just, amen, preach a message that, that falls on the other side of this pulpit. Amen, I know that some of us, uh, amen, are hungry to see a real move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen, that this generation, amen, has potential. Amen, this generation has an opportunity. I said this generation, amen, has a chance, amen, to make something great, to do something big for the kingdom of God. I didn't say something different. I said something big. I didn't say something new. I said something great. 
Hallelujah. We've got to do the same thing, amen, with the same passion, with the same fervor, with the same desire, with the same motivation, with the same objectives, and the same goals. My God, I wish somebody, amen, could feel this burden. Amen, I don't know about you, amen, but I want to have revival. I don't care, amen, how many shovel loads it takes, Brother Josh. I'm willing to dig, amen, until I meet rock bottom. Until I find, amen, that springing well, amen, that daddy found. I said I want to find, amen, a springing well, amen, a living water, amen, that God, amen, has offered to me and that is offered to you, amen, and they're found right here. It's found right here. It's found in this place, amen, in this house, in the valley of Gerar, amen, where daddy was, where mama was. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Let's magnify the Lord for a moment if we can. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're hungry for it, I mean, lift your voice and tell him. If this is what you want. Come on, young people. I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Let's reach out. I feel the Holy Ghost here. We didn't have a worship service like we had tonight just to sit on these pews and, and, and shuffle our way home. Amen. But the Holy Ghost, amen, is in this place. He's interested in enlightening, amen, a flame in the hearts of our young people. Amen. The hearts of some of us who may or may not, amen, have that flame. Amen. Just let the Holy Ghost, amen, light you up tonight. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I mean, just like, I don't, I don't want to be offensive here tonight, but I, I do want to point out that our generation, our young people, and I'm not talking about specifically you guys, so please don't take offense. I'm talking about in general terms. I, I, I'm not talking about I don't have any one of you in my mind when I make this statement, okay? But this generation, my contemporaries, my friends, my age group, not my friends, can develop a sense of entitlement because of For lack of a better term, affluence. We've got it all. We've got what we want. We don't, we don't want for much. And in the state where we don't have, literally, we're sitting at the king's table. Not literally, figuratively. We're sitting at the king's table. I mean, whatever we want, just reach out and grab it. Whatever we need. Do you realize what an opportunity that is? Do you understand that just 30 minutes or so, we can get in this place? And I'm not saying explicitly 30, specifically 30 minutes, but I am saying that, that if we can get to a place in our souls and our spirits, it doesn't take long until we start to feel something. 
And those folks, Sister Shemaine, back in the early 1900s, they prayed for hours. They prayed for days. They prayed, I mean, for weeks even, finding that perfect place, realizing that there's something more, but, I mean, didn't have it all. And they, and they just prayed, and they prayed, and, and finally, one or two broke through. It be a while. They hear somebody else would break through. This camp meeting had a great downpour of the whole. But we expect that. I mean, we have what we want. We have what we want. But I'm afraid we're losing what we need. Amen. We've got what we want. But what about those? Yes, we can show up to church on time. Amen. 30 minutes or so, play the right beat, do the right thing, have enough faith, and boom, the Holy Ghost is here. And thank God, I don't want you, amen, to walk away thinking that I'm. I'm criticizing that in any way. Amen. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been working for. Amen. Around here. Amen. But, but, but there's so much more. Amen. Not just amen, a good feeling. Not just a, a good sensation. But Brother Carlos, when you have real problems, God can really meet the need. When you, have a, a he, you need healing, Brother Josh, God can really heal. I'm not just talking about a good feeling. Man, we feel that right now. We believe that right now. But I'm not just talking. To, we've lost some of the things that we need. And God wants to give it back to us. And all we got to do, Pastor, is just grab a shovel. And then go back to the valley of Gerar and start digging and just do the same. Do the same thing. Do the same. I said do the same thing. We know how to do it. We know how to get it. We know what we've got to do. Amen. Somebody, amen, get a bite of this king's meat that I'm talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Forgive me, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I've got plenty more notes I talk about. I've got notes about Elisha and Elijah, how Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah, amen, and smote and moved waters. Amen, for the children of Israel, amen, that didn't see, amen, their moms and dads go through the Red Sea. God parted, amen, the river of Jordan for them so they can see that God can do it again. He's not different. He hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is us. The only thing that's different is us. Hallelujah. Elisha, don't you know? Amen. Elijah's going to leave today. Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. Pastor, amen. I was thinking about Elder Moody the other day. What a man of God. You read his book and he talks about, amen, how he, he learned the voice of God by just walking around at a rock at his house. How many of us, and I'm talking about myself, ever since I read that book, I have been trying to find my own place. I, I want a real walk with God. I don't want something just fake. I want a real move of the Holy Ghost. I want to understand that that's God. But Brother Moody, amen, he understood the voice of God because he took the time. 
and separated himself and was alone and understood this is my thought and this is God's voice. This is my opinion and this is God's voice. I'm not saying that he's flawless and perfect. What I am saying is that I don't want to lose what we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Sister Rebecca, or whoever's playing, Sister Tori. Please come. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 says, Then came Amalek, fought with Israel in Rephidim, place of Rephidim, that that name means rests or stays. Verse 9 says, Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men. Go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. Joshua did as Moses had said unto him, fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, and Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone, put it under him, and he sat thereon. Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. And for he said, Because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. God's going to do it again and again, and again, and again. For every generation. He's he's able to do it for every single generation. I find it interesting that he said, write this. Write this story down. Rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. He needs to know. He needs to remember what I did for him. He needs to know that it was God that used Joshua. We need our own little testimonies, child of God. That's what that book of miracles is for back there. We need to take time to remember God moved me from where I used to be. God changed me. He delivered me. Look where I used to be. Look where I am today. Write that down, Moses. Talk about it with Joshua. Friend, this is the meat that I'm talking about that's at the king's table. 
Hallelujah. I mean, I, I said a minute ago that it wasn't just Isaac that received, we, if we could all stand, that Isaac that discovered the wells of Abraham. But I never really gave you a reason why I said that. I'll give that to you now. John chapter 4, verse 5 says, Then came he to the city of Samaria, Jesus did, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Bible says, now Jacob's well was there. Jacob figured it out. He learned how to do it. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me. You remember what your dad used to do? Give me that. I want, I want the same thing out of you, woman of Samaria, that I expected of Jacob, that I expected of Isaac, that I expected of Abraham. Not changing it up. Hallelujah. And, but this is, this is where it gets interesting about the king's meat because verse 9 says that the woman said... That then say the woman of Samaria to him, How is it thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith unto thee, give me to, the drink, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, he would have given thee living water. Only, only that can happen, amen, at the king's table. Where there's at the when you're eating the king's meat, when you're enjoying the luxuries of the king, the real not just some knockoff, not just somebody I mean who bought his kingdom off of someone else. I'm talking about the real king, where he can take what you have to offer. He can take your measle, measly little pot of water that you pulled out of the well of Jacob. they give you something that really meets the need. Amen. If we could all just, amen, come to this front. Amen. I, I don't, I don't, 